Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you as we sit down to record this show. It is Thursday, March 24th, and it is our first ever baseball episode of Best on the Board. So get excited. We're going to have a handful of futures episodes leading up to the start of the season. And then once the season starts, if you've been following along with whatever other sports you follow, NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, NHL, MLB will look a lot like that. We'll get into uh, just uh, daily bets and other things like that for the baseball season. So happy to bring baseball into the fold here on Best on the Board. Into the fold with me for this episode are a couple of guys you know well. Derek Van Riper and Nando DeFino. First, DVR, what's going on, man? It feels like it's been forever since you and I have been on a podcast together. So uh, I'm happy to be able to hear uh, your voice in podcast form and not just in uh email or text or slack form this is great yeah when i send you a message do you hear it in my actual voice i think i think everyone hears it in your voice dvr with how <laughs> your voice sounds fantastic well it's great to talk to you <laughs> i yeah. hear stuff you don't write in your voice oh no <laughs> there you go there <laughs> you concerning. go nando defino also here chiming in right i, I mean I'm, I'm totally with you there nando i mean I, i'm like i've got an i think we all we all have nice voices we all have nice podcast voices but uh i i put dvrs above everyone's it's silky. It's silkier. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. It really is. It's nice. But Nando, what's up, man? I same same to you, man. It's been a long time since I've been on a show with you. It's been a while, man. Super Bowl ish. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. It was, maybe it was before. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good times. Yes. Very good times. So happy to be. Yeah, we did something for the Super Bowl. So exactly. That was and that was the first one in a while. So yeah, this is this is nice. We'll be able to get together like this a lot during the baseball season. Very excited for it and looking forward just to having baseball on best on the board as i said a minute or two ago we're going to be talking futures leading up to the start of the season so what does that mean today it means win total over unders we've each got three plays for you here uh some under some over some high numbers some low numbers really running the whole gamut but we've got nine different teams and some arguments to make why we believe those teams are going to go either over or under their win total. Nando, let's start with you and let's start with a big one. Astros, their total 92 and a half. This is a number that you want to come under on. Let's hear why you think the Astros can't get to that 92 and a half number. I'm, a, I'm actually kind of way under the Astros and uh, it's it's built along the pitching staff. As I was doing my fantasy research, uh, you know, I'm going over each guy and I'm like, you know, Justin Verlander, no, nah, I don't think I can trust him. You know, Frambert, the, the projected rotation of Verlander, Valdez, Garcia, uh, Urquidy, and, and Javier, it's good. I don't think it's 92 wins good. And then, I mean, you're talking about, I'm probably the world's biggest Lewis Brinson fan. And right now he's competing for a spot in the, uh, obviously center field. Um, I think he can overtake Chaz McCormick, but I'm super duper biased on that. I, you know, I just, I'm picking apart every player on this team and I'm trying to jam them all together into one team. And it's like the bottom third of their lineup. Isn't that great? Um, You know, some things can still go awry. Like, you know, Alex Bregman's, had a, a little run of not greatness. Um, Yuli Gurriel, I don't think anyone realizes he's 38 years old. It, it Their depth just isn't really there. So, you know, the more I kind of dug into this team, um, the more I was kind of like, this is not... And I love Dusty Baker, and this isn't like mm-hmm. some bitter trash can thing. Uh, it's really just like, th- there could be a lot of places where these players, some of the older ones, can just break down or not perform, um, and the pitchers might be a little bit overrated, and I'm just... I'm not when you add it all up. I'm not seeing the parts come to a hole as 92 wins here. I'm seeing like 88, 87. Still probably wild card, but uh, you know it's a tougher division now. Texas loaded up. It's just it's not really like a a team that I think can go over 90 wins. 
it's not the same old Astros in, in some ways. You know, the threads are still there, but you know, Springer gone. Um, obviously, that's been, you know, a couple of seasons now. And now Carlos Correa off to Minnesota. So that first set of Astros contenders we got comfortable with, what, seven years ago about? Like, there's been some turnover. And obviously, there are some guys, uh, Jose Altuve, you know, some guys from those teams that are still here with this team. And it's been a team that's been able to reload as the years have gone on. But it is a different-looking Astros contender from the ones that we've been used to over this last half decade or so. DVR, uh, no play for you on the Astros here, but uh, what are you? What do you stand? Where do you stand on this team in this ninety-two and a half number? I just think most of the teams in the division, three out of the four other teams, got better. Uh, I think you look mm-hmm. at the Angels; they're better just with health, with Trout and Rendon healthy. On top of what we saw Otani do a year ago, they added Noah Syndergaard to get some pitching help as well. So I think they've closed the gap a little bit. Seattle is better with the moves they made, the big trade with Cincinnati, with some more young talent coming up. Year two from Jared Kelnick is probably going to be a step forward. Year one from Julio Rodriguez could be really exciting as well. Uh, and then Texas, like Nando said, they've spent so much money that at each each division matchup is harder than it was before, with one exception that we'll talk about a Hilarious little bit later. Exception. One one doormat, <laughs> but three teams that all, I think, behind the Astros could be legitimate division contenders in the case of, of the Angels uh, and the Mariners, and probably at least a wildcard contender in the case of the Rangers if things can break their way. Uh, with Houston, I just think they have less margin for error right now with Springer and Correa gone. The depth that they've had in the past, especially with position players, doesn't seem to be there. So if they have any issues with an Altuve injury or if Bregman has trouble with his wrist and doesn't come all the way back or if the Jordan Alvarez knee concerns we had a year ago, if something like that comes back, that's where I think they start to break down. Like To me, they're, they're the front runners by a smaller margin. Interesting too, the Fangrass projections would have the Astros on the underside along with Nando. So I, I think there's plenty of reason to be skeptical about the Astros running away with this division the way we've seen them run away with it so many times before. DVR, let's get right to that other AL West team, the one that you didn't mention, the one that has been torn down to pieces in this offseason. Matt Olson, gone. Matt Chapman, gone. Contending team, gone. The number for the A's, 71 and a half, and you think they go under that number. I just think they're not done tearing down. I mean, I think Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya are going to be gone too. Bassett's already gone. I think the replacements, a lot of the talent they have brought back, for the most part, it's not major league ready talent. So the A's are going into that deep rebuild mode. And anybody they find, anybody they surface over the course of the season, even Ramon Laureano, once he comes back from his suspension, he could be traded this summer as well. Anybody contributing that can bring back value in a trade probably goes somewhere else. Even without that, if you told me today they're keeping everyone they have right now, I would still take the under on this roster. They have questions in the bullpen. They're going to have a very difficult time scoring runs. You think about the players they've lost and how they tried to replace them. You know, Christian Pache could be a gold glove center fielder, but he might be 15% below a league average hitter, and he might be in a prominent lineup spot for them. Tony Kemp, Elvis Andrews, Seth Brown, you know, Stephen Piscotti, Eric Thames, uh, Billy McKinney, like this is a, a cast of NRIs and guys that are several years past being productive big league players. So I am not inspired by what they're trying to do currently. I don't think they're going to be the typical A's with an ugly roster hanging around and then making a few moves. I think they're you know, two or three years away from contention just based on how much they've torn it down over these past few weeks. Surprised that they are so comfortably above 
the Pirates and the Orioles in terms of win totals. Pirates at 64.5, Orioles at 62.5. And it's not like I'm making an argument for the Pirates to be up at 71.5. It's more that the, the, the there just doesn't seem to be that much of a gap between the Pirates, the Orioles, and the A's as these win totals would reflect. So that, that this feels like an easy one to get on board with and get on board well. I mean, it's, it's rare to see win totals move in a huge way. So even if you don't get on this today, you're probably going to be able to get somewhere in the neighborhood of a 70-win number. And it's, I know it's hard to see the A's getting to that mark. Yeah, and I, like, I, I enjoy being contrarian as much as the next guy. And I'm, I'm trying to poke holes in everything DVR is saying, but it's kind of like, well, you know, Sky Bolt can move into the starting lineup if they make a Ooh. trade. And it's... And not to knock Sky Bull, because he's actually had some very nice minor league numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You know, it, it, it hit me as DVR was talking that this team is, uh, it's like the Nelson Cruz of teams. Like, every year we think that the bottom's finally going to come out, and it doesn't. Um, but, uh, man, I just, <laughs> again, I think this might be the year. They've just kind of decimated it. And there's, like, a lot of good fantasy value here. I mean, you can talk about uh, Tony Kemp scoring 100 runs and having a nice on-base profile, and everyone loves Kevin Smith right now, but it's just doesn't seem like a team that's going to produce a lot in terms of lineup and the, the the roster i mean you got brent honeywell who i love a lot but i mean you got him penciled in as a three maybe the four depending on some trades could go even he could be their ace by the end of the year it's just not feels more like a 67 win team to me all right we both we all have one under and two overs we've heard both of your unders so i'm going to go to an over. I'll get things a little bit positive here. And I, I'm living in the penthouse, like I told you guys on Slack before we uh, went at this. All three teams that I'm picking, one of them being under, but all three teams that I'm talking about have a total of at least 90 and a half. For one of my two overs, I'm going to the Chicago White Sox, a team that won 93 games last year. 91 and a half is the total on this team this season. And let's remember one thing about that 93 win White Sox team, you guys. I'm, were they ever fully healthy at any point of the season? You had Aloy Jimenez get hurt in spring training and miss a monster chunk of the season. Luis Robert missed a huge chunk of the season. Carlos Rodon's gone, but he also spent some time on the IL. Most of their pitching staff spent some time on the IL. I mean, this was a team that was basically never 100% at any point during the season and still won 93 games and ran away with the AL Central. It's something I think they can do again this season. Twins got to think they're going to be a more competitive team this year. There's an argument to be made that the Tigers are going to be a more competitive team, and they were already a pretty frisky team last year winning 77 games. Uh, but I think that the White Sox are – there's there's a gap between the White Sox and the rest of the division that's going to help them get some wins piled up. We know how good that top half of the lineup can be. Anderson, Robert, Abreu, Moncada, Jimenez, Grandal. It's as competitive a one through six as you're going to find this side of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Lynn, Giolito, Cease, Keiko, Kopech. That feels pretty good in the rotation. And we know this team is just absolutely loaded in the bullpen. You assume Craig Kimbrell is going to be headed out, and maybe that brings back a useful piece also. There are some issues, I think, with this team's depth at certain spots. You're going to be leaning on some big at-bats from... Gavin Sheets, Larry Garcia, Andrew Vaughn, Micker Adolfo, still figuring all those things out. Would have liked to see them be a little bit more active in adding another outfield piece, but still as constructed, easily the best team in the AL Central, comfortably one of the best teams in the American League. And if they can just get a little bit more lucky with health this year than what they did last year, I like them to go over that 91 and a half number. Uh, DVR, you have a team also in the AL Central, so let me just get your take on the White Sox and how they compare with the rest of the division. I do think the White Sox are in a class of their own in the division. I think my hesitation in betting the over on them is 
similar to the way I look at the AL West, where I see a few teams that could get better, not quite with, with veteran talent, but with the young talent that could be coming mm-hmm. up in multiple situations. I mean, I think Cleveland, Detroit, and Kansas City all have prospects that are, are big league-ready prospects that are going to be impact players eventually. If they come up and they're impact players right away, it could make the division a little tougher than forecasted. But I think you're you're right to be on the over here. I think the pitching depth is actually very good. The bullpen is overloaded. I mean, they, you take Craig Kimbrell out of it. It's Liam Hendricks, Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, Garrett Crochet. They have a couple of long options. Ronaldo Lopez looked really good last year. I think he had LASIK surgery and control got better, so that might not be a fluke. I like Kopech as a five because he could pitch more like a two or a three. Maybe they have to nurse him to the postseason just to keep his innings under control. But they've got volume with guys like Lynn. They've got upside with guys like Giolito, Cease, and Kopech. And they've got Keiko there as another bulk guy as well. Andrew Vaughn could end up being one of the better bottom third of the lineup hitters in the entire league. And I think that speaks to the quality of the, the lineup that they put together. So uh, even though I like another team in the AL Central more as an overbet, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And I think the White Sox are built much more like a competitive playoff team than a lot of the other kind of fringe teams that are currently angling more for a wild card. Well, take us right to that AL Central team that you like better as an overplay. I'll spoil it. I guess anyone who's paid attention to you, DVR, over the last half decade or so knows that you've got like this secret Twins fandom. I feel like you're always on the Twins. 79.5 is their uh, number. If I was going to bet it, I would be agreeing with you. I would think they go over that. I think there's a lot of reason to buy the bounce back for the Twins. Let's hear your argument for that bounce back. For me, it's it's the belief that you know all the injuries that Byron Buxton has had they're a legitimate concern in terms of individual performance, in terms of uh, likelihood of him being an early round fantasy value that people are excited about. But if he's healthy for even three quarters of the season, I think he's shown the kind of growth that points to a superstar level ceiling. So when you add Carlos Correa in free agency, when you have a guy like Jorge Polanco, who's now done it in each of the last two full seasons, his 2019 and 2021 look a lot alike. You've got extra power with secondary sources coming from Gary Sanchez and Miguel Sano. You've got some other young players like Alex Kirilov who could take a big step forward. This is an offense that will kind of get back to that Bomba squad team that we saw a couple seasons ago. They're going to score plenty of runs. And I think one thing about this division that makes a lot of the bottom teams vulnerable is young pitching, inexperienced pitching that you can't trust. This is a lineup that's built to take advantage of that. I think the people that don't like the Twins right now have some concerns about the rotation. The Sonny Gray trade for them was huge. They needed a guy that could at least pitch like a, a number two or a number three starter. I know right now he's penciled in as a one. But this is a team that could also be primed to go make a trade with Oakland. They could be the team that goes out sure. and adds Sean Manaya or Frankie Montas or both. They have some young talent that's major league ready that is currently depth that could easily be sent back in a trade for impact pitching. I think they got plenty of bulk with guys like Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan. Maybe they get a bounce back out of Dylan Bundy. I'm more skeptical there. But I think they also have an underrated bullpen. So they're going to score runs. They've got major league ready guys on the bench like Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, uh, maybe Austin Martin and Royce Lewis are also impact guys in the near future. I think they're good in a lot of the places where you need to be good to exceed expectations. And part of it is just Buxton being healthy, but a lot of it is just the quality of this roster from top to bottom. We all have an AL Central over, actually. I'm on the White Sox, DVR on the Twins. Nando, you were on the Tigers. 78.5 is their total there. I, I, I'm gonna, I mean, there, there's certainly a path where we're all right. It feels unlikely 
though. So let's let's line up these AL Central arguments. Nando, over 78.5 for the Tigers. There's some justified optimism surrounding this team with the friskiness they showed last year and some of the moves they've made this offseason. Why are you buying in? Uh, well, I mean, like DVR and I, we're just looking for 500 teams here, basically. You yeah. know, like it's we're not asking for much. Um, love the rotation. I think like they got these young guns that I think, you know, obviously every year they're going to get more mature and better. But I think Matt Manning's being sorely underrated and overlooked. I'm not I'm not in love with the Michael Pineda signing. Um, but I mean, sure, I'll take him as depth as another guy who can eat some innings. Scooball, Mize, Eduardo Regri. I mean, I don't love him, but he's steady. And that's kind of what you need when you have an offense that. I mean, it's Robbie. This this is an offense that is almost like Houstonish in a way. Um, you know, they have their old manager and everything, but you got Robbie Grossman up top, who can is I think severely underrated as an on base guy, and then you know can turn on the power when he needs if Badu's hitting in head, like ahead of him. Um, Javier Baez was a big signing they brought him in. I don't think that like they showed that they're they're ready to bring people in and they are ready to win this year. I think. Condelarios, you go down the entire lineup, and then you got Torkelson and Riley Green coming up. Who are Torkelson's one hundred percent ready for day one. I think Riley Green, maybe we'll see him a month in, but um, on Tucker Barnhart, I mean they're even strong at catcher. Like this is just a team that I just I like, and I think when you add it all up, like you know some of these teams sometimes have parts that don't equal the whole, and I think this is a team that's going to have that kind of that like a Houston Astros kind of laid backiness. They got the right manager. Um, mm. I just think, like, you put it all together, they have reinforcements. They got guys in the minors. They got some good NRIs who they can bring up, who I'm sure will stick in the minors. Um, it's it's just a it's a better team than 500, I think. And I wouldn't even mind, like, I could go to 84 on this one, maybe 84.5 on this one. Wait, um, wait, wait. Over 84.5 for Detroit? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is Ooh. a stronger team than people realize, <laughs> man. This is a very good team. You- That's, that is... That is that's a big number. I was just wondering, do you think they're going to win more games than the Twins straight up? I, you, hey, you said it, man. Twins have rotation. If the Twins don't make, you a would move have to I for like another to pitcher. Yeah, I mean, look, I 100 mm. percent agree with you on the White Sox. Although I, I kind of thought Tony Larusa was going to be Urban Meyer, and I guess he just kind of avoided that. <laughs> yeah, nobody, <laughs> you know, the, nobody's Urban Meyer apparently, <laughs> well, except yeah, for Urban Meyer. But I mean, he almost he came very close. Um, it, it's yeah, I do. I think this is a this is a it's based on the rotation. That rotation, man, is is good. They didn't need Michael Pineda, and they still went and got him. Um, and I don't know how long he's going to last because they can. I mean, they got reinforcements they can bring up. This is a very, very good team. They could be the team that trades for Montas. Yeah, they're for not reference. afraid to make some moves, man. I, for reference, the clo- there there are no exact eighty four and a halfs on bet. Oh no, there is one exact eighty four and a half on bet MGM. It is the Angels, and there's a bunch of eighty five and a halfs. Uh, Giants, Cardinals. Phillies and Mariners, all at 85 and a half. So you think the Tigers should be in that discussion? Well, I don't want to talk about how badly underrated the Giants are right now. But I, no, Angels, about, what's, who's 83 and a half? 80, <laughs> there, I don't think there are any. Nothing. Yeah, no, yeah. no exact 83s either. Angels at 84, and then the right. whole group of teams at 85. I actually would, I would put them right below the Angels. See, I, I think okay. if the Tigers, if they hit the way Nando wants them to to hit this over, I think it's because they became a better defensive team. And Baez certainly helps up the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think the concern Barnhart. the concern I have, I like their young talent a lot. I think they're headed in the right direction. And if the young pitching does take a step forward, there's there's no reason why they can't exceed expectations. I'm curious to see what they do with their offense over the course of the season. I think they're going to need another bat or two if they get on that trajectory where if midseason they look like they've got a shot at the playoffs, they need to push more chips in. They need to find some veteran bats to sprinkle in because as they stand right now, they have five position players 
projected with average or better WRC pluses and not really any star power. You're talking Robbie Grossman, Jamer Candelario, Javier Baez, Isak Paredes, who might even be in the lineup, and Spencer Torkelson. So I think the offense as currently constructed could be a problem. Maybe Akil Badu takes a step. Maybe Riley Green hits the ground running. All those things are possible, but I just feel like the core in place still leaves something to be desired as far as how they're going to put the runs on the board. Yeah, you just like being a difficult. It's, yes, I, lo- I love arguing. <laughs> I hate <laughs> arguing so much. Uh, all right, you know what? I, I want to end on a positive note, so I will throw my under in here. Give me the Yankees under ninety-one and a half, you guys. I mean, I'm just gonna—I mean, we we know we know the team. Uh, it's it's the Yankees. There's a lot of carryover. There's a lot of star power. We know the team. I'm just gonna read a bunch of the names: Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Glaber Torres, Aaron Hicks, uh, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Jamison Tyone. Is there anything these guys have in common other than being Yankees? It's that they all have some pretty checkered injury histories. Like I talked about the White Sox last year being this team that was never 100%. Like, are we confident at all in this Yankees team being at 100% at any stage of the season? I mean, you have a ton of guys on this roster who get who have some really bad injury histories behind them, and there is some there's you know some good depth in the uh, for the for the hitters and for the for the offense. But I just am concerned about a team that has lined up all these guys some with some overlapping skill sets that have all dealt with some serious injuries or some nagging injuries, as the case may be for someone like Anthony Rizzo, over a stretch of time. And now playing in a division with a Blue Jays team who we all think is going to be great, whose win total over-under is right there with them, a Red Sox team that it has added Trevor Story to the mix now. This year, and this is a, a tough division, a Rays team that we know is going to be good again, want to say that their win total over-under is at 90.5, a team that is always competitive. And you're talking about having to go through this AL East with a team that unquestionably very talented, 91.5. I don't think that's an unfair number to put on the Yankees. But with all the injuries that tied to all these guys and how good this division is, Luis Severino is another one they were throwing that they're going to be leaning on for for a lot of innings this year. And we all know his injury history over the last couple of seasons. Like there's just a lot of there's a lot of reasons, I think, to be concerned about what this team brings as good as it is when they're absolutely full strength. So 91 and a half. It's just a little bit too high of a number for me. This could look I could look like a fool by like June 1st. Absolutely. There is no question about that. But this is a bet on this number just being a little bit too high with the way this team is constructed. Do either of you want to tell me that? Forget about June 1st. It's March 24th, and you already look like a fool. I was just going to say you don't want to look like a Vegas tourist and be like, yeah, over on the Yankees, please. <laughs> right. But it's it's the you mentioned it, man. Their depth is just – they got four guys on the bench, if you look at roster resource right now, who could start. DJ LeMayhew's projected for the bench on this team. Yeah. Tim LaCastro is like a great LeCastro. speed off the bench guy. Miguel Andahar has done it at the major league level and has just kind of toiled because this team is so stacked. And you go to the minors and see the pitchers they can bring up. I mean, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is just – they got a couple position players who are kind of, uh, you know, scraping NRI style, and I think will just end up in AAA and be brought up, you know, for maybe 100, 200 at-bats. Like, Jose Peraza can plug in a bunch of positions. Ronald Guzman's better than people might realize. Um, they just – they're stacked. Like, it's not just the superstars. It's the guy – like, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, I think, is going to be a huge uh, New York favorite. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, like – this team is going to shine in the places where it's not supposed to. And I think those injuries might actually give them a chance to do that. They're just they're too stacked on the second and third levels for me to not think they could win like 95, 96, maybe in 100 games. I find the Yankees to be one of the most challenging teams to project 
from a team wins perspective because they do have I agree with Beller like the the injury risk isn't necessarily I feel like it's not fully baked into the projections it's supposed to be and it probably is but it still doesn't feel quite right they have an old roster and I think those older players are more likely to break down but when you start looking at it just from the pure numbers perspective they have five position players projected to be at least 20% better than league average. Most teams barely have one or two. And they've got the depth that Nando was talking about. Guys like Gleyber Torres, who could be even better than projected. Aaron Hicks, who when healthy, is an underrated player. DJ LeMayhew looks really healthy this spring. I think he's the most likely of all three of those guys, LeMayhew, Hicks, and Torres, he's the most likely to bounce back to his pre-2021 level based on what we're seeing early on this spring. The bullpen is underrated. Even if Aroldis Chapman has lost a little something, it's because they've got guys like Chad Green and Jonathan Lewisaga, and they've got Clay Holmes, and they've got Luis Heal as kind of this swing guy that could either fill a rotation spot by season's end or be a multi-inning reliever who's really nasty. A lot seems to be riding on the health of Luis Severino, but if you go Cole with a healthy Severino at the top, that's as good as any one-two oh, yeah. in the league. Jordan Montgomery's really not bad. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's ways where you could look ridiculous. I think what works <laughs> in your favor on this bet, though... It's a nasty division. The Jays, to me, yeah. look a little better on paper than the Yankees, even though both teams look really good. Same. If Chris Sale's injury is not that bad for the Red Sox, they're going to be a, a pain. The fact that they went out and got Story and the Yankees didn't helps close the gap, I think, between those two teams quite a bit. And the Rays are the Rays. The Rays are always under-projected a little, just the way the Yankees seem to be over-projected a little. So uh, unless you know multiple teams in this division have bad injury luck and the Yankees aren't one of them, I think you're you're fine to be all over this this under because if if these teams are healthy, it could be the worst division to be in in baseball again, just like it was last year. And it, last year, a yeah. few close games could be the difference, even though this is a well constructed team. There's so many frustrated Yankee fans out there that I think that sometimes that sometimes like paints our picture of who this team is. They're a good team. How they're can you really look at this team. roster? How could you? I have friends in Sy- like I'm from Syracuse, and they're all Yankees fans, and they're complaining on these group texts. I'm like, are you? What's wrong There's with you, man? Nothing to complain Look about here. Look at this roster. Oh, this is Look a, at this this is, at Correa. Yeah, this is a really well constructed team. All it takes is a couple injuries for them to hit that under. Uh, I just I'm too nervous about the division as a whole to even mess with this team. Yep. I welcome yep. the injury. Bring these injuries on because other like kind of for left hitting second is get, like that's they're gonna love him. He's what everyone most says. T-shirt. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Who needs him? Get him hurt. Exactly, man. This is like, this is a Yankees team that has enough depth where it could be one of those teams where every like they're going to create a new Luke Voigt and it's going to be Isaiah kind of <laughs> It's uh, I mean that's that, that's the bet. The bet is not. This is really not against the Yankees. This is a bet against this team's health and the track record of those individual players. And we know how tough this division is going to be. Right? I mean, three teams at ninety two, ninety two, and ninety one wins last year. The Yankees being one of them, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. So there is there is definitely a path to the Yankees being very good, to the Yankees being in the playoffs very good and not quite getting above 91.5 wins. So, yeah, this is not going to be an 81-win I sail on the under, but I do think that all those things working against them could keep them under the 91.5. One more pick apiece. Nando, let's go to you for your final pick here. It is Cleveland Guardians time. That's right, with Bay debut season for the Guardians, their number 76.5. What are you feeling for this squad? Man, I, I just uh, I go back and forth on this one. Actually, I I, I think it's going to be over. I think their pitching staff, and I think it kind of hinges on Tristan McKenzie. But I mean, you've got Bieber, oh, you've well, got McKenzie. A lot of people like Quantrill. Um, what Plesac and Savale for me or whatever. But their bullpen is solid, man. Anthony Ghost is is not even getting any buzz yet. And I think in the next couple of days, when he starts hitting like 100, 102, 103, 
They're going to be talking about him. It's just, they just have a team. You know what I mean? And I know the lineup isn't everybody's cup of tea, but you got a speedster, a mile straw, who can do some damage on the bases up top. Ahmed Rosario can do it right behind them. Um, you got some cleanup guys and Ramirez and Reyes who can do some damage. Stephen Kwan is supposed to be a break. I don't want to read every name on the team, but it just seems <laughs> like the way this team is constructed, everybody's like kind of very good for their spot, for the number one spot. You know, this is no, number four spot, number five spot, um, all the way down to maybe a Bradley Zimmer breakout at, at number nine. And it just, I don't know, man. To me, it just seems like a good recipe for, you know, a hopeful team, a close to 500 team, not one that's going to make a trade to better themselves because I think no. they're looking two, three years ahead of time, but one that can surprise, <laughs> I think they can surprise a lot of people and, and they're not going to be close to a hundred loss team. I, I'm definitely swinging the other way towards 78 wins. I've got a classic, wins. I, I've got a classic Nando follow up for you here. If I told you you had a hundred bucks to split between your tigers over and your guardians over, how are you splitting that hundred? Oh man, I would do. <laughs> so let me be honest. Like I don't even like over under bets because they're all just plus one ten and it's kind of boring, you know. Minus one ten, yeah, yeah, minus one ten. Right. Uh, I don't. Oh man. <laughs> probably, probably I'd do fifty fifty. I would probably do fifty fifty. Uh, oh yeah. my god, not a classic Nando answer. I feel like for a classic Nando question. Well, I mean, you give me hundred for all three, and I would split it up a little differently. <laughs> How would you do that? I would put I would put eighty. I would put eighty on the Astros under, and then. Uh, I might, I might throw five on the Yankees over just to spite everybody here. <laughs> just to spite everybody. So like you're really yeah. just trying to spite me, actually. So like right, that would have a, and then 750 on each of these. Uh, all right, DVR, uh, one more pick for you. You're going the exact opposite of what I've been doing. Living in the penthouse, you were living in the outhouse with this last one. But there's plenty of value to find down there. Teams don't have to be too good to go over their number. The Diamondbacks aren't going to have to be very good to get over 65 and a half wins. So why do you think they can scrape their way to 66? Or better. It's a it's a gross bet, but it's a it's a bet I like nonetheless because I think the Rockies with the moves they've made are still kind of running in place. They're not that much better as a real baseball team, even if they're better as a fantasy offense with the Chris Bryant addition, the trade for Randall Grichik, some of those kinds of things. So they have got another really bad team in the division. I'm a little lower than most on the Giants. I know they're embracing injury risk and the work they've done with some of their veteran hitters the last two seasons is really impressive, but I'm kind of in more on the, they're a fringy wildcard team than a, a team that's going to really contend with the Dodgers for the division, at least as they're currently constructed. And I think the Padres are, are still a little wobbly as well. I don't think they made the, the impact additions they were hoping to make, even though I like the Luke Voigt trade. So part of it for me is that I think the Dodgers are just kind of running away with it. And I think the, the other teams in this division aren't quite as separated from each other as we saw them go a year ago. I mean, the Diamondbacks had a miserable stretch last year that I think really kind of skewed perception of what they had as a roster. What I like about them is the possibility of a healthy Cattell Marte. Once they started playing Dalton Varsho every day, he was an impact bat for them. They're not going to play him much behind the plate. They're going to probably play him every day in center field. That's definitely a good thing. Christian Walker's got pop. David Peralta's solid. Carson Kelly's a good defensive catcher. When this team was last good just a couple seasons ago, they did it with pitching and defense. And I think they've got some young talent coming up. Alec Thomas among the young players that should join the big league roster that are going to start to help build up this offense just a bit more than where it is right now. I actually think the pitching staff's a tick underrated. Zach Gallon had some shoulder stuff going on earlier in the offseason, but he's throwing right now. And I think sometimes we hear injury news from the winter and we carry it over a little longer than we should. That seems to be happening with Gallon. Merrill Kelly appears to have added a new pitch. He looks like he could be a little more filthy than usual. Bumgarner can chew up innings. Luke Weaver still might have one more level he can get to. 
Uh, and then you look at the bullpen. They add Mark Melanson, which confused a lot of people, and Ian Kennedy, two old guys that have had a lot of success in the pen. Their late inning situation is a lot better now with those two guys than it was a year ago. Maybe they get something good from Noe Ramirez or Caleb Smith or J.B. Wendelkin as well. So I just, I just think they're they're not as bad as people think coming off of last year's disappointing season because they didn't make any splashy moves this offseason. Nobody's really on them. And I think we're, we're so quick to just assume that everything the Giants did last season is sustainable. Uh, this is my way of kind of pushing back that in a, against that in a very subtle way. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a, a team that probably wins 70 games, but hey, that's still over 65 and a half. So um, I'm happy if that's the outcome. Nando, you had a tangential reference to the Giants being a little bit underrated at 85 and a half. Does that mean you would be off the Diamondbacks as well? Uh, I'm kind of weird on that. I'm just, I guess I'm just happy about everybody. Uh, the one thing, D-Guard had <laughs> mentioned Brent, Brent Strom as the new pitching coach, mm-hmm. who I think, like, if he's wavering on, like, Luke Weaver might be, I think Luke Weaver will be a lot better. Like, he changes that might be's to wills. Um, they're not, I mean, look, they brought, like you said, they brought in two guys at the end of the bullpen. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. No. So the answer is no. I'm. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going too long here. But like, yeah. No. No. I no. don't think those two are related. There are other teams I don't like in the West. Um. But I think there's a world where the D-backs can be good in the back and the Giants can be good in the top. We can get to that as we uh, discuss division pennant World Series odds next week. But I'm going to wrap things with my last play. Uh, it's the Mets over ninety and a half. Everyone, we are all we have all been lucid. We've all been Charlie Brown with this Mets team. It's it's something you have to think about. It's something that scares me. But come on, Degrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Carrasco, McGill. I mean, they they can handle the the loss of of Taiwan Walker for for however long that ends up being. That is a great rotation. Degrom and Scherzer. Even if we're talking about a you know one hundred and sixty inning Degrom, one hundred fifty inning Degrom. That's the best one two in the majors when you've got him. Love the top of the lineup. Love a guy getting on base on base machine like Brandon Nemo in front of Starling Marte in front of Francisco Lindor. This is a team that's gonna run. That's gonna be able to move the ball around. You've got the pop and Pete Alonso. I just really like. I like. I just. It, it seems too easy because of all those things, and it is the New York Mets. But things have got to break for them sooner or later. I love the uh, love the addition of Mark Canna. I think that's a really nice guy to get in- into this team. And you're talking about him hitting in the bottom third of the order. You now have some flexibility with this team that they didn't have last year. Now you're talking about Dom Smith as a bench player. You're talking about J.D. Davis as a bench player. You can move Eduardo Escobar around to a few different spots. Like, there's a lot to like. Jeff McNeil, another guy who can move around to a few different spots. There's a lot to like about this team. And we've all been here with the Mets before, but this is a different team. I think they win the NL East. I think they win it kind of easily. Easily is maybe not really the right word, but I do think that we're looking at them as not the slimmest margin of division victory when we get to the end of the season. And I think that they go past that 90 and a half pretty easily, you guys. I think they've built their depth up to look more like a good playoff team. And that's something they haven't had in the past. I mean, I think the Scherzer edition gets them so much more, uh, so, so much more stability if something does go wrong with DeGrom. And I think mm-hmm. that's something they didn't have a year ago as well. They really struggled to score runs. I think the offense is is a notch better than it was because of the the depth they've got in place. But I, I do wonder if they still need one more impact bat when it's all said and done. If we get to the trade deadline and there's a really good hitter available, I, I wonder if the Mets are still sort of at the front of the line to to make that move. Yeah, I, I, you would think they would be, right? I mean, they haven't they haven't shown any fear in this new ownership era of making these big moves. And if they're there and if they can contend, I would, you know, we can't guarantee anything in March, but I would be, I'm comfortable assuming that they will be players if they need to be players. 
I just think they're going to Mets. Mets. Mets are going to Mets. You know, that's just it's. I don't think I don't think Cohen has washed that stink off of them yet. It is like a law of ga- of gravity. Mets going to Mets. Yeah. Mets going to Mets. <laughs> this year, I do like your analysis though. I got. I got. Like I do. I do like it though. We're going to have so many. The Mets aren't Metsing headlines this year. They're going to be a lot cleverer <laughs> than that. But you know, we've been going at it for a while here and. I've got so much going on in my house right now. It's just crazy. So that's the best I can come up with at the moment. Hopefully we came up with a lot better than that for you when it comes to actually making some bets on win total over-unders because that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. As I said at the top, MLB coming to you now every single week here on Best on the Board. Next week we'll be talking division, pennant, and World Series odds before we take a look at some awards, some leaders, some individual player stuff. So we've got a whole lot of fun stuff planned before opening day even gets here. We hope you are locked in with us. For Nando and DDR, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.